Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's great to have Greg Amzinger in town last week over at Lindenwood. He was the MC of the Lindenwood Gala on Friday night and... Uh, had a chance to get over to the homecoming parade on Saturday, and he was the MC actually, or the the Grand Marshal of the parade. And Greg joins us now from Houston, where he's getting ready for the World Series on 101 ESPN. Good morning, Mr. Amzinger. How you doing? I'm doing well. Yeah, my candy throwing ability was actually lacking. I, I hit a family of four in the head with candy on the first toss when I was the Grand Marshal. Randy, you didn't work with me on this. This is one of the things my mentor did not get me ready for. So it took me a while to get my toss of candy down. But after that, I knew that you have to, like, throw it on the ground and let it roll to them. I figured it out after a while. Yeah, you can't even throw an EFIS pitch. You just, you've got to, you got to be that, you can't be that soft tossing right-hander. You just got to throw it, you've got to... Heck, I don't even know who the pitcher is right now that we could count as that guy. But you, you, you kind of have to throw a Shohei Otani split in the dirt. Well, there right? you go. <laughs> you, you, you can't be Pasquale Perez and lob it in the air because the car keeps going, right? So mm-hmm. the air is going to take it, and then someone else gets it. This is some old, crusty guy that's yelling at you anyway, and it doesn't go to the kids that like you. The most important part is you kept going. You did not stop. So that that many of the fans, I'm sure, were, were pleased by that. Hey, hey, Greg, what is the city like down there in Houston right now? Is there, is there a buzz going on knowing that their Houston Astros are, are four games away from winning the World Series? I'm telling you what, there's one face you see on billboards everywhere down here. And, and the sports talk radio in Houston, this is the headline. It's not the Astros are going to win the World Series. It's Dusty Baker's going to win his first mm. World Series. Everyone down here is, is waiting to celebrate with this future Hall of Famer. And he, at the moment, I think even if he doesn't win this World Series he's in the Hall of Fame, but every Hall of Fame manager has won a world championship. So he would be the first to never win a world championship. He doesn't want that connected to his name. This is the best team he's ever managed. And they're the heavy favorite to win the World Series. Greg, one of the things that I really admire about Houston is their ability to develop pitching. And they've done as, well, they've done a better job than everybody else. Yes, they did, a, did trade for Justin Verlander. But what a magnificent job they've done, especially in the international market, in getting pitchers. It, it is secondary stuff. It is, it is finding pitchers who can command curveballs and sliders. That is what they do. Uh, I mean, Framber Valdez will throw a 73-mile-an-hour hook and big leaguers just can't hit it because of the spin rate on such a slow pitch. Astronomical, they can't really pick it up. They know how to find pitchers who hide spin. That is a hard thing to do. Jose Arquiti would have never been a number two starter, number three starter. At times for the Astros, he's, he's helped them immensely. Christian Javier well, he was you know, a free agent international signing. They looked at him as, as a reliever, but they developed that third pitch with him, and they saw the ability to spin. That stuff matters. The Astros have done that better than anyone. When Garrett Cole went to Houston, he stopped throwing his, his two-seam fastball, four-seam fastball as much. He was throwing slider, slider, slider. We saw Lance McCullers did years ago in the World Series. So 
They've had an approach that is different. Other teams have followed suit, but they have held true to that, even without Jeff Luno running the front office. The Astros built a pitching brand, and it carries on into their bullpen, which is the number one bullpen ERA in all baseball. Hey, hey, Greg, when you look at this series, do you think it is more about the pitching of, of you said, Verlander, Valdez, Javier, Nolo, Wheeler, uh, or is it more about the lineups that those guys are going to have to face? Because I think if you look at both of those lineups, they're pretty stacked on each side. You know, it's funny. I, I looked at this series, and I, I know how I always go with my gut. What, what am I feeling? I'm feeling the Phillies in seven games. Hmm. I know. Everything I just said goes against <laughs> of, of my prediction. Here's why. I simplified it to two different categories. If the Phillies can basically hold serve with games one and two, Zach Wheeler, Aaron Nola, which I'm throwing out Aaron Nola's last start because his older brother was the other, on the other side and they knew everything he was throwing. I'm throwing that last start against the Padres out. So you took Wheeler and Nola. If they can hold serve against Verlander and Valdez, then it's advantage Phillies. All right? Just hold serve. Not outpitch them, hold serve. The other category is uh, no, Jordan Alvarez and Bryce Harper. If these two left-handed hitters, who I think, if I had to take two left-handed bats right now, sorry, Juan Soto, you're not what you used to be. I'm going to take the slug of Harper over Freddie Freeman. These are the top two left-handed hitters in baseball. Whichever one of those two guys has the best World Series will be the deciding factor. And I think Harper is swinging a hotter bat. Yes, because Alvarez has been great. But I'm taking Harper to have epic moments in this World Series. Those are the two categories, to simplify it, ridiculously, and I know it's all about bullpens in the World Series. I get that, and it's banished Astros. But may I remind you, no bullpen was underutilized more than the Astros. They've had such a great starting staff that he had to pitch that much. So we'll see. We will see. They've been leaning on them heavily throughout the month of October. I really think those are the two categories to follow the front end of the rotation, and the big left-handed bats. And by the way, Harper's feeling it, isn't he? he there, there have been times in the postseason where he has not been great, but this is a postseason where he seems to have found himself and is really rising to the occasion. He's always wanted to be this guy, which I mean like the face of a franchise. And I knew something special was about to happen when he was injured. And he spent numerous games in the broadcast booth with Tom McCarthy and John Crook, the local Comcast Philadelphia broadcasting crew on television. I'm like, wow, this is a guy on the IL. He wants the fan base to know he still is at every game. He cares about what's going on in every game. And he would sit for four or five innings in the booth. <laughs> like, he is a dedicated face of the franchise right now. This is what he's always wanted. While he was a young star, he wasn't the leader. He wasn't the, the veteran leader. This kid's gritty. He's a baseball historian. If you ever talked to him about baseball, he can, he can go back to the 1920s. He's always wanted to be the grizzly veteran that everyone looks up to and he leads by example. He's finally in that role. He's relishing in that role. And I think he's unstoppable at the moment. I think the, the thumb is completely healed. It took him a while. September, he had no thump in that bat. But the thumb is healed, and you're going to see an epic performance in this fall classic. Hey, Greg, numbers that stand out to me uh, for this series are 7-0, and which is the Astros' record thus far in the playoffs, and 3-32, for which is Jose Altuve's batting uh, <laughs> attempts wow. this season. What are your thoughts of, of him this so far this postseason, and how much more are this is this uh, Astros lineup, are, how much da- more dangerous are they with him hitting the, hitting the ball the way that we know that he can? Yeah, it's crazy that they keep winning without him. I mean, he is the igniter. But, you know, there's – Unfortunately, so many teams go into games with these predetermined game plans, and they never make adjustments, really, because of what they see. 
Altuve, when he struggles, he never takes a walk. He doesn't want to go up there and walk anyway. He's aggressive as it is. But when he struggles, he swings even more. (laughs) He swings (laughs) even more. Like, he just can't wait to get out of the slump, right? And teams are just slider, slider, in the dirt away. And and when you're a, a superstar player that doesn't walk, if you're not hitting, you're hurting your team. And that's what he's doing right now for a team that hasn't lost in the month of October. I fully expect the Philadelphia Phillies to not throw him a fastball at any point. He's not going to walk, which makes you wonder, would Dusty Baker move him down to the order? Knowing Dusty, players manager, loyal to the end of time, I don't see that happening. But I think teams have caught on that Jose Altuve, when he struggles, he swings more. And he already swung more than just about anybody in the show. Greg, the Cardinals with some coaching moves, and we're going to touch on Wayno here in just one second. But Skip Schumacher leaves to become the manager in Miami. Mike Maddox and Jeff Albert both decide that they don't want to have their contracts renewed by the Cardinals. And Brian Eversger, the bullpen coach, is reassigned within the organization. What was your take? Well, I, I think there's, uh, you know, the aftermath of Mike Schilt is happening now. And, and you know, Mike Schilt had philosophical differences with the front office. I think an approach that I talked about earlier, predetermined game plans, uh, are are becoming more and more relevant for the St. Louis Cardinals. Instincts are kind of being put on the back burner. And I think certain coaches who have put their hand on shoulders of pitchers because they believe that makes a difference, the front office doesn't look at it that way. And I think he felt that. So, uh, you know, it wasn't just Mike Schilt, guys. It wasn't just him. Uh, Skip Schumacher was a different story. He's, he's been a candidate for a while, and anybody that knows Skip could see the writing on the wall. He had everything it takes to be a successful big league manager. And, you know, Kim Ang and, and the Miami Marlins have a good one there. But I, I think what you're going to find are, are former big leaguers, maybe, that are all in to the analytics, or we might not see a big leaguer replace those guys. And that's just what you have to get ready for. The Cardinals believe in their philosophy. They're not backing down. It led to another division championship. The, you know, David Stearns just stepped out today from the Milwaukee Brewers. That's the, the biggest rival you have at the moment in your own division. They're sitting pretty. Nothing makes them think they have to change course. So this is what they're doing, and they're not getting off their horse. You, you talked about coming into a game with, with pre, pre-conceived <laughs> notions and, and having a game plan pretty much set before the game even starts. I, I had a, a rant last week about the analytics and not using your eyes. It, it, as a player, how frustrating can that be when you have a guy that is on the mound, maybe pitching extremely well, maybe giving up a hit or two, but not really in any danger, to, to just go solely with the analytics and, and not trust your eyes? Because I feel, I feel like both of the managers that are, are, are managing in this World Series are more See, feel it with their eyes and their gut that, as opposed to the analytics side of it. I completely agree with you. Uh, Rob Thompson has his guys on board. Uh, he, he is listening to the front office, but Dave Dombrowski and Sam Fold, they're more old school. They just are. Sam Fold's a former big leaguer. Uh, Dave Dombrowski had Jim Leland. So you can't tell me he's just following a spreadsheet, okay? Uh, I, I do think that um, these predetermined game plans make the game look silly. Kevin Cash taking Blake Snell out when he had 73 pitches in Game 6 of the World Series back in 2020 against the Dodgers. That, that was an embarrassing move. Because you have to think, World Series attracts the casual sports fan. They're not really hardcore baseball fans. You're trying to get casual sports fans to love our game. When a casual sports fan sees a guy dominating, and then all of a sudden here comes the manager to take him out and no one can hit him. Like, this sport doesn't make any sense. 
They're not watching Tom <laughs> Brady go 30 and 35 with 480 yards. Brady comes out in the fourth quarter and the backup goes in. They're, they don't watch that in any other sport. But in our sport, it is it reigns supreme. Uh, I saw a, just a horrible example of this in the previous ALCS. Um, Alex Bregman hit the big home run at Minute Maid Park. I forget the pitcher that was on the mound, a right-hander, and he got four inches off the plate on the outer corner, which he got in the two batters earlier against Jose Altuve. Altuve complained that they were calling a strike four inches off the plate. So instead of continuously going out there, making an adjustment, because you just saw that the umpire is expanding the plate for you, you're making an in-game adjustment. He was told on the spreadsheet by all the packet before the game that Alex Bregman, you got to pound him in. you got to pound him in. you got to pound him in. So regardless of getting the gift of four, four inches off the plate, he went back in, missed over the middle, Bregman hits the big three-run homer, Astros move on. That's the kind of stuff that makes the casual fan go, what's going on here? That's tough to watch. Greg, what do you think of Ueno coming back for another year? I, I, I mean, I saw it coming early on. Uh, if he has another season like he did this past, which I think everybody expects him to do, he, he, he knows he's got the cherry on top of a Hall of Fame Sunday. He does. He's going to hit so many milestones that he needs to check off to get into Cooperstown. That matters to him. He loves the game. If anyone, could you imagine, Randy, you've been up to Cooperstown and, and the, the pageantry of that induction weekend. I mean, Adam Wainwright would eat that up. I mean, I, mean, I get it. All Hall of Famers love it. But Adam Wainwright will be the, the, the talk about a, a court marshal, grand marshal. He'll be the grand marshal of, of the Hall of Famers uh, in their parade. He will love <laughs> going there every single year and chatting with all the fans and all of the media and being with Albert and being with Yachty. Uh, I, I just think he needed to do it to ensure himself into the Hall of Fame. That stuff matters, people. And he's going to be, once again, productive in his 40s, which is awesome. Similar pitchers to... Uh... Uh, according to baseball reference to Adam Wainwright, the number one guy on the list, most similar, Roy Halladay. Look at that. How about that? Hall of Famer. Yeah, well, Roy Halladay had big game moments. Uh, I mean, Cy Young Award winner. Uh, he had you know, fame. He had fame on his side. And Adam Wainwright, we have to remind ourselves, I say this all the time, Hall of Fame. It's the Hall of Fame. Don Mattingly, for a stretch of five, six years, was the most famous baseball player. That matters. It does. And Adam Wainwright has had fame on his side for a long time. And that, that's going to put him into the Hall of Fame. All right. Last thing, yesterday when Greg Amzinger landed in Houston, he texted me that he's got an aggressive golf schedule. Oh, what, what does this look like? What's an aggressive golf schedule during the World Series in Houston look like? Well, it's great because I only do the postgame show, although today we're doing an earlier show at 5 p.m. your time uh, with Dan and Harold. So I'm playing with different people almost every day. I only do the postgame show when the World Series starts. So I've got really like all day to play. So I landed and I get these nasty sinus infections. So I'm on the plane. I'm like, oh, no, I have a sinus infection. This is terrible. But then I also like that I have a built-in excuse, which I usually play better when I have a built-in excuse for playing poorly. <laughs> but it didn't work out my, my advantage. Dan Plesak took my money. He, was, he did not, first time ever I've ever played with him, he did not miss a fairway. He was 275 in the middle of every fairway, wow. which was incredibly <laughs> annoying to watch. So, A, I got a sinus infection. B, I lost money. This aggressive <laughs> golf schedule is now a bad idea for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, have a great time. We'll be tuned in after every single game on MLB Network. And can't wait to see you. And uh, we've got it down now. I've got it written down here. Philadelphia in seven, says Greg Amzinger.
Yeah, remember I said it. You guys are always great. Talk soon. You're the best, brother. See you later. Take care. That is Greg Amzinger, MLB Network. I'm 101 ESPN.